What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode number one of the Brick Talk podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Brick, alongside my wife, Gabrielle Brick. This is our very first episode of the podcast. Super excited to have you guys along for the ride. So a little bit about the podcast first. We're going to be covering a lot of fitness, nutrition, mindset, competing, coaching, life, relationships, interviews with clients, peers, friends, um, other professionals in the industry, and a whole lot more. So really excited to have you guys on. Today we're going to do just a little bit of an introduction episode. We're going to talk a brief introduction about each of us, some some fun facts about each of us, our competitive history, and then we'll do a fun little Q&A to end it. Um, so we're going to start off with a little icebreaker here. We're going to go and go ahead and list three fun facts about ourselves. Gabrielle, you want to go first? Yes. <laughs> okay, so three fun facts about myself would be that I'm adopted from Moscow, Russia. I'm four foot nine, and I competed in gymnastics for over 10 years. It's fun stuff right there, right? So, um, three fun facts about me. First fun fact a lot of people don't know I had never gone on an airplane until last year, and I was 28 years old. Terrified of flying my whole life, still not a big fan of it, but I got on an airplane for powerlifting nationals last year. We also got engaged at powerlifting nationals, so I guess the trip was worth it. Still didn't like it. Um, so that's one fun fact. Another fun fact, I fucking hate camping. It doesn't make any sense to me. We have access to hotels, homes, Airbnbs, all these things, and you're going to tell me to, to go out and... Uh, live in the woods for the night for fun. It doesn't really make any sense. And then uh, a third fun fact about me, I started off as a runner when I was in high school. I was the anchor leg on our school record 4x800, 4x400 teams. Um, still hold school records to this day at Kaga Heights High School. So those are pretty cool. Um, little fun facts about me, stuff outside of our competitive and coaching history. Uh, but next we're going to talk a little bit about our competitive history and kind of how we got here. Uh, I guess I'll go first on this one. So competitively, I am a powerlifter and bodybuilder by trade. I've been competing um, in sanctioned events since 2013. That was shortly after I graduated high school. I got into men on, to the men's physique side of things first. When the division, if you're not familiar with it, is the guys that wear board shorts. Um, really just needed somewhere to compete to get my competitive itch out. So I got involved in that early on. My first show was in 2014. Shortly after that, um, I got involved in powerlifting and really fell in love with it. I did my first meet towards the end of 2015. I ended up doing three meets that year. Um, you know, up to the, up to this point, I've I've squatted 804 in knee wraps, which is tied for a world record in the um, drug tested in the 220 pound class. Um, you know, I got an I got an RPS world record for total in squat as well, and then a USPA national record in the squat with 744. 744 pounds last year. Um, I got also got second at USPA Nationals last year, and I also competed in a couple open bodybuilding shows at the end of last year as well. The Ohio State, the NPC Ohio State Championships, in the natural Northern USA here in Cleveland at the end of the year. So that's what I've been doing for the last decade, competing. You know, go back going back and forth in bodybuilding and uh, powerlifting. I call myself a bit of a power builder, as much as I hate that term. That's really, I guess, how you can define what I do. Uh, Gab, talk, tell the tell our friends a little bit about your competitive history. 
Okay, well, I did um, do sports all the way through high school. So I did volleyball, soccer, softball. I did cheerleading for basketball. And then I also did competitive cheer for one season. I also did gymnastics alongside all of that. So I did that until I fractured my spine and they told me I had to retire when I was like 16 or 17. Um, and then after that, I haven't done anything until I started powerlifting. What is that one? So December of 2021 was your first meet, I believe. So a little over a year ago, year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So I started that and I did five competitions in the last year and I'm getting ready to do the powerlifting nationals for WRPF in Las Vegas in September. Yeah, so Gab really jumped jumped in head first into powerlifting. When we first when we first got together, I took her to a little meet in Grove City, Ohio. She's like, I want to come along with you. This is when we first started dating. So I was like, I was like, okay, whatever. You know, I had previous girlfriends who I've taken to meets and they did not like it. They thought it was boring. So I'm like, all right, well, this will be a good litmus test, sort of, of uh, you know, if she's if she's really into me, you know, she's gonna she's gonna dig it. You know, if if she's the one. You know, she's got to be down with me doing these meets all the time because it's not, it's not a face. You know what I mean? It's not going anywhere. And, um, yeah, we had a good time. She's like, yeah, I want to do this. And I'm like, you know, okay. And, uh, you know, sure as shit, she did a meet at the end of the year. We took her down to um, a meet in Dayton. We all competed, a whole group of us. And, uh, yeah, she's been kind of, you know, impressed me with it ever since. You know, she's very dedicated. She did USPA Nationals on a – was it a, you had a broken knee last year, right? Kind of. Tell them a little bit about that. You want to talk about that a little bit? I'm embarrassed. Yeah, well, don't be embarrassed. You know, you got you to gotta share it with our audience. They got to know everything about us. This is the intro episode, so I got to talk about it a little bit. Do I tell them how it happened? Yeah, we should start with how it happened, because it's not how you'd think it would happen. Okay, so we were on our way home from a awesome grocery trip from Trader Joe's like we do every week but this week we went on a Monday night we typically go on Sundays and for whatever reason we must have been busy pushed it off and we went on a Monday night after one of my classes that I host and we came home and I went to pick up the bags and turn into the house which has a step and instead of picking my leg up and stepping on the step, I just twisted myself and my knee popped so bad. <laughs> I couldn't even feel like the bottom of my leg and I was so nervous because I was like waiting. It was like a week after that competition yeah. that I was on a wait list to qualify for nationals, which I wanted so bad because I thought that would be so cool and like badass to say like, yeah, I've only done a couple meets, and I'm, like, going straight to nationals right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and, you know, that just goes to show you a joke we always have in, in the, uh, you know, the powerlifting bodybuilding world. It's always the it's always the boring day-to-day -day shit that gets you hurt. You know, it's never squatting 600 pounds or deadlifting 700 pounds. You know, it's, it's when you're taking in your groceries. It's when you're trying to move your couch. It's when you're doing laundry. It's all that little shit that ends up, you know, sidelining you. And it's funny as it is, it's totally true, and that's a perfect example of it. Um, but you know, long story short, she, she soldiered through, she went nine for nine at the meet. We went very conservative on her attempts. Um, we kind of sandbagged everything, but nine for nine is nine for nine. And you know, we, we coming off an injury like that, we love to see it. And it really is a testament to how tough she actually is. You know, 
Um, so I guess from here, now you guys know a little bit about how we're competing. We're going to go into a fun little Q&A. Gab, do you want to lead the Q&A here? You want to go through and, and read off the prompts? Um, this will be kind of a fun, you know, little icebreaker just to uh, sort of show us, show you guys how we got to where we're at. So you can go ahead and start us off and it will go from there. All right, so I did find these questions online. There was like 200 different questions you could ask, like podcasters. So um, let's just kind of start with like where it all started. So I want you to tell the people, how did we meet? Yeah, so Gab and I had known each other in, in passing, basically. I'd describe it during college. We both went to Cleveland State University here in Cleveland um, we were both, I was in the exercise science program. You're, you were, was you sport management, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So she's in the sport management program, but at Cleveland state, we had a lot of crossover classes. The sports management people took a few exercise science classes and the exercise science people especially took sports management classes. So we'd kind of run into each other just here and there. I never really talked to her much in college besides in passing. You know, I was with somebody at the time. She was with somebody at the time. And, you know, we just sort of said hello here and there. And then a couple years later, I'm graduated. I only got my bachelor's from Cleveland State University. I graduated in 2017. This must have been late 2019. I was training at a local gym at an LA fitness. And turns out she had worked out. She works out there. So we kind of just chit-chatted it up a little bit. We both relocated to another gym here in Cleveland, um, which we'll talk about it, um, at later dates a little bit, sort of how we ended up over there. But, um, yeah, so that's kind of how that happened. And then, you know, we just kind of were friends for a while until the opportunity presented itself. And, um, one thing led to another next thing, you know, we're married. So yeah, that's the long and short of it. We got a lot of other questions to get through, but that's how we met basically, at least from my point of view, do you have anything you want to add to that? Um, what opportunity led to it? So Gav got a divorce and I was single at the time. <laughs> You know, so she asked me to go out for drinks. I thought I was just sort of just going to be, you know, a friend and talk her through her divorce and everything. And, you know, she thought I was cute, you know, which I didn't know till after. You know, I legitimately thought I was just going out with a friend. And, you know, we told that story at our wedding, too. It was like, I didn't know we were on a date, you know. Um, you know, men are, idi men are idiots, according to most women, which, you know, when you never want to be too assumptive. You know, when I have assumptions, oh, she's into me or nothing like that. So... You know, I went out, I went out dating, and you know, you know, I kind of just got came in her life and never left. That's why I always like to tell people, you know. But we got uh, kicked out of that bar. Yeah, we closed it down for sure. It was a, it was COVID times. Yeah, that was when things closed early, so you know we were out trying to break curfew. Um, you know, everything <laughs> closed down at like eleven o'clock at those times, which were dark darker times. But that's the long and short of how we met, from my perspective. I'm sure things are a little bit. I'm sure things are a little bit different from hers. Obviously, she she knew we were on a date. I didn't know that, but um, yeah, that's kind of how things got started. Yeah, are you ready for the next question? Let's go ahead and right into it. How long did we date before getting married? So, we dated for. So we officially started dating in February of 2021, on the same date that I started my business and quit my job officially. So that February 17, 2021 was a really eventful day. It's also my mother's birthday. So we had a lot going on that day. So we started dating in February 2021 officially. We got engaged in May of 2022, like I said, at Powerlifting Nationals last year. And uh, 
And then we end up getting married last November, November 11, 2022. So that gives us about a year and nine months, I want to say, if my math's correct. So about a year and nine months. When you know, you know. It was, it was, it was quick. And um, yeah. Next question. We're going to talk a little bit about how we got started into powerlifting and bodybuilding. I'm going to let Gab start with this one first so I don't hijack the whole interview here. Um, so, Gab, how did you get started on this path? How did you end up being a powerlifter? Um, I know you had a little, have a gymnastics background, so those kind of go hand in hand. But why don't you tell them a little bit how you got into powerlifting? Okay, so if we're really backtracking here, and if you remember... During COVID, I texted you asking you about powerlifting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that happened. And I want to preface this with I have so many people reach out to me. You know, I've been I've been powerlifting not forever since 2015, and you know I've been coaching since 2015. I have people reach out to me all the time. Oh, powerlifting looks like a lot of fun, and they, you know I'm like, yeah, you should do it, man. Like, let's go do meets, and either they'll do a first meet, and I'll never hear from them again, or I, or they just kind of never commit to it. So I'm, I kind of, I mean, honestly, I forgot about it up until a certain point. But yeah, she texted me during COVID times. It was like, how would I get involved? And I was like, yeah, all right. You know, I gave her the information, like not expecting her to ever do it. You know, I didn't like. I mean, I'll be honest. I slept on it a little bit. You know, if you remember, I kind of like dismissed it a little bit in a way. You were, like, pretty helpful because you were, like, there – I didn't really understand that there was, like, federations, and I didn't know that there was, like, multiples of those. And then when you you get into it, like, certain federations are free or other ones, like, you had to sign up for, like, a membership with that federation. And I did not know that there was all these options involved. So um, – but my biggest concern, and I think for, like, a long time, was the, I guess – um, amount of time, effort, and nutrition that was going to have to go into it. So I honestly wanted to do it in college because I had an internship um, in my undergrad and they were doing like powerlifting, like the basic movements and they were pretty into it. But I was just like so afraid of committing to that, the time, everything. And I didn't even know where to start. So then I um, asked you about it, and I, I still was like... Sorry, dog's underneath the table. <laughs> you guys will hear a lot about Opie. You'll probably hear from him a couple times, too. He's a no noisy little guy. Go, go, go ahead. You can, get, you can continue. I'll be right back. Um, so... Okay, so... <laughs> The discipline. The discipline was what scared me the most. And I was like, I'm too busy for this. And I, you know, anytime I was in school, I was like, I just don't have time for this. I was juggling too much. So then when we went away to that meet, I kind of like got a front row seat at a very, very old school style powerlifting meet. It was the backyard meet yeah it was um and I loved every second of it it took me back to like feeling like a competitor in gymnastics and I was like this is the most amazing thing and there was like a, there was a team like you had a bunch of kids with you that were competing and it was just such a good weekend and I was like hooked after that um and then I'll just preface you know at least now I don't ever see myself bodybuilding <laughs> yeah so I mean, I was a little bit different in this sense. 
I got started, like I said, in bodybuilding. Way back in 2013, I, I hired my first coach at the end of 2013. Prior to that, I was kind of just doing some online workouts that I found on bodybuilding.com, sort of just immersing myself in like the the bodybuilding and the diet, the training, all of it, you know, just really because I just wanted a competitive outlet. And I think a lot of people can relate to that coming out of high school. Um, if you're an athlete growing up, all of a sudden you get out of high school and you get dropped on your fucking head. Like organized sports are no longer what you, what, what they were. They don't, they're not the main driver behind everything you do anymore. And you know, that's, that was something I really struggled with. So bodybuilding was that first outlet that I came across that really allowed that outlet for me to have, you know, time to go to the gym and have a reason to be there and have a reason to diet and train and a date on the calendar, something to look forward to. So, you know, I got into bodybuilding, you know, just on a whim. I knew it was something I could excel. I had had always been interested in building my physique and I knew it was something I'd maybe be able to excel in one day and, you know, just wanted to give it a shot. You know, I I went in head first, entered a couple shows, did well. I placed it on you know, I think I placed top five of my first two natural shows, which was super cool. Um, but then, you know, I always loved lifting heavy. I lifted heavy in high school. I squatted 415 when I was a sophomore in high school because I was, you know, I was a football player. We had a great strength and conditioning program at Kaga Heights. They taught me a lot. And I credit, you know, just the mindset that I developed in that program into making me the power lifter that I am today. Um, but I, long story short, to kind of speed that back up, I always loved lifting heavy. I love lifting heavy and powerlifting, raw powerlifting, was starting to get really popular in late 2014. Um, if you guys are unfamiliar with powerlifting, it was kind of like an outlaw kind of sport, like a fringe underground kind of vibe up until like, the last couple years when it really took off with social media. Um, in 2014, it was not nearly as popular. In raw powerlifting, where basically you're competing without a squat suit, um, a supportive equipment, etc., it was not very popular yet, but I started. Get, I got into it in 2015, right when raw powerlifting was starting to get really popular, and you know I was hooked immediately. So, you know I had those competitive outlets throughout college. I knew during that time, you know, just from mentors that I had, and you know podcasts that I was following, all these things. I knew that my competitive career at that time was going to be a great separator when I decided to get into personal training, because again, at that time, that was my goal in for career wise to be a personal trainer. Um, you know, so when I got, I got into powerlifting and bodybuilding, I used that as an outlet to sort of build my name in the area, create a reputation behind myself and sort of just be somebody who lives it and ultimately a practitioner in what I do. So that's how I ended up in powerlifting and bodybuilding and yeah, fallen in love with it. Don't really know where I'd be without it. I say it all the time, you know, and it's extremely cliche, that, you know, lifting saved my life in a lot of ways, you know, it, I just, it wouldn't be what it is today. It's brought me a lot of great relationships and, um, brought me my whole career. So that's how I got into it. That's why I've stayed in it as well. And then, um, go ahead and go give us our next question. All right. So after that kind of like intro to how we got started, like, I think we kind of had a crazy year last year. Um, and I'll answer it first, but it's it's what goals are we pursuing right now? So um, <laughs> don't mind Opie. Um, a goal I'm pursuing right now is just taking my time in off season and I'll start back up in the summer and I'm gonna compete um, in the 56 kilogram weight class for um, 
powerlifting in Las Vegas, which is going to be a really good time. And one of our other clients is going with us, and I'm just really excited. Yeah, we're going to have her on the podcast eventually, correct? Yeah. Is that going to be episode two? Yeah. Okay, cool. Gab's the manager behind this whole thing, so if I ask any questions to her, you know, it's because she knows what's going on and I don't most of the time. <laughs> I'm the coach. I'm, I, you know, that's what I do. I don't do all this technological stuff. But um, so my goal is currently coming off of last year was a big competitive year for me. I did six competitions between December of 2021 and December of 2022 in both powerlifting and bodybuilding. And uh, this this year, I'm taking a little bit of time away from bodybuilding. I'm just treating it as an off season, building my physique um, and going back to powerlifting a little bit more. I've got at least one competition scheduled for this year. Um, maybe another one to be determined, but yeah, this year's a strength year. This year's a building year for me. You know, um, I've competed in wraps. So the classic raw division in powerlifting my entire career up until last December, I'm going to do a couple meets in sleeves most likely this year, which is a little bit different. Um, so that's my goal right now. My goal is to, you know, to squat 650 in sleeves, deadlift 700 in a meet. I've, I've done it in the gym before with straps and I'd really love to do it in a meet and then hopefully bench 400. We'll see. By the end of the year, you know, my bench really took a nosedive with um, with bodybuilding, losing all that weight. I lost over 40 pounds. So I've gained my weight back, gaining my bench back too. So those are kind of, you know, my goals for this year, really to just get strong and big, you know, I guess to keep it, to keep it long and short. Um, and then we'll kind of go into some, some fun conversations now. Go ahead and lead us into the next question, Gabrielle. All right. I'll ask you the next three. Okay. In a row, okay? You want me to answer them? You want me to just answer them all at once? Kind of. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah all right. So, works. what is your favorite type of music? Your favorite TV show currently? And what's on your nightstand? <laughs> yeah, so my favorite music. Um, I always say my favorite kind of music is anything that sounds good. Like, I, I really don't have. Um, you know, like I don't, I don't stick to one specific area at all. If you look at my Spotify playlists, they're all over the place. I really enjoy hip hop. I enjoy rock. I'd say country music's okay during the summers. In the winter time, I always found it to be really depressing. Um, you know, I, I, I'd say I give you my like top three artists. Would that be, would that be interesting to hear? Of course. Yeah. So my top three artists, artists on Spotify last year was Migos. If you guys know, Migos is a huge part of our relationship. We love those guys. Rest in peace, Takeoff. Eminem, been a big Eminem fan my entire my entire adult life. And then, um, big Bruce Springsteen fan too. <sighs> Gabrielle's family doesn't like him. I think he's a phenomenal poet. He, you know, a great live performer. I'm actually going to see him in a week and a half with my brother and my dad. So it's kind of exciting. My favorite TV show currently is The Office. That'll probably it, it, that probably won't ever change. To be honest, I don't watch a whole lot of TV. We've watched The Office on repeat over here. Um, before that, I'm not really sure. I didn't really watch a whole lot of TV. I'm a big YouTube guy, not a big TV person. And then I don't have a nightstand. <laughs> you know, I, I'm still working on that. I haven't lived here very long, so I don't have I don't have a nightstand. But yeah. Um, go, go ahead and tell, go ahead and tell us your favorite type of music, your favorite TV show, and then what's on your nightstand, because at least you have one. Right? <laughs> Listen, we bought a bigger bed, um, and that kind of took up the space of the potential of even having two nightstands on each side, because 
houses here in Cleveland, um, if you've ever been here, they are small. So. Absolutely. Uh, my favorite type of music is trap. Just till I die. Um, trap gab. Yep. I love garbage trap music. <laughs> and I have zero problems with that. Um, most of the music I listen to, I feel like a lot of those rappers have passed away, which is so sad. Um, obviously, Migos, but, you know, I love Young Dolph and Juice World and I do not like Juice World. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. Rest in peace, but I'm not a big fan. Uh, so, <laughs> Gucci, Future, Drake... Those are the best. And then I think the artists I've seen the most, the two I've seen the most in concert is Future and Kid Cudi. So a little extra fun fact there. My favorite TV show for the rest of my life is going to be The Office. Um, I have probably watched it about 50 plus times and I know every single episode and I'm totally okay with watching what I know forever. I just, I can't get into starting something new that gives me um some anxiety. I would have to stay up late, and it's just easier if I can just fall asleep. Requires a lot of work to start a new TV show. <laughs> a lot of commitment. <laughs> it's funny. It's funny. She's she's starting to. I'm starting to be able to pick up on because I'm on my probably my fifth time watching it through, and I'm starting to pick up on you know because when I first watched it with her, she knew all the lines already. She knew what was going to happen and everything. I'm starting to pick up on that a little bit myself. I think she's impressed. So, um, would you would you agree? Yeah. You like when I recite the lines before they even happen? It's great. Yeah, I'm starting to get really good at it. So um, we'll talk a little bit about our next question. Uh, what obstacles did you face to get where you're at today? Ooh. This is, a load, this is a heavy question. Okay, do you want me to go first? Yeah. All right. Um, obstacles I've faced to get where I'm at today. Um Whew. Yeah, where do we even start? Just in general, let's just, I mean, let's do some really big, like, if there was a timeline of my life I was looking at, um, obstacles, um, I was bullied my senior year of high school by the entire class, so that was definitely, like, a time of my life where I think, you know, it was just really hard to, like, kind of understand, like, myself and um, understand why people treated me so badly. Um, and it definitely now, um, like I can just kind of see, like, it wasn't me. It was definitely like these other kids at the time, you know, like they didn't, they didn't, didn't know better, but it was definitely a reflection of themselves being definitely put on me. So yeah. Um, that was my senior year. I had to switch schools. I had to give up like the potential for like varsity captain for everything soccer or cheerleading and softball like those were all the potential was there I mean I was a varsity I did varsity all four years it was a small private school so um that would have been awesome but I gave all that up to I guess like protect my peace and then um additional obstacles um probably my dad passing away while I was in school um you know I was my that was my undergrad so that was definitely really hard to deal with because I still lived at home with my parents um and then probably my divorce that was definitely a big obstacle um but I would say now like looking back was a super blessing in disguise because 
I am so much happier now. Um, and it definitely taught me a lot about myself and my self-worth too, because I think I was kind of just like chugging along because I said I made a commitment. And I think at the end of the day, you shouldn't stay in something that you're not content with. 100% agree with that. I would say those are my three biggest obstacles to face like where I'm at right now. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd say for me, my, my greatest obstacles, um, you know, I, if you guys don't know, personal training is not like a job, like, I don't know where you get out of college, you get a job, you get a salary and you kind of move on with your life. You know, things don't pick up right away. It's very much what you put into it. It's very much who you are, who you know. Um, and it's kind of a grind overall. So I'd say, you know, the greatest obstacle I've overcome have been, you know, I've had severe imposter syndrome for a while, for one. I was very, I've been personal training for eight years and I really, and I've only been working for myself for three, you know, um, mainly because I was just scared to put myself out there. I was scared to start producing content because I was afraid of what people were going to say. I was going to afraid, afraid that, you know, I wasn't going to fit in or, you know, make a lot of sense when I'm talking and, you know, the messaging, I was afraid the messaging wasn't going to be good enough. So I really stood in my own way in a lot of ways. And then really the other obstacles I'd say I've, re I've really had to overcome was just, um, you know, trying to get out of the commercial gym space into working for myself. Um, you know, that's kind of a tangled web when you're working in a commercial gym because you've got to worry about non-competes and quitting and losing and lo losing all your clients and having to start everything over from scratch. And, you know, I really, I jumped a couple years ago in order to get where I'm at and it's it's been worth it. But, you know, having to overcome getting out of my own way basically and start putting myself out there and going all in realizing I don't have forever was a big one, you know, just take, taking the leaps, you know, leaving, leaving my in-person job, striking out on my own as an online trainer, seeing what was going to happen, you know, and I'm still in the process of really building everything, but it's been worth it so far. So really getting out of my own way has been the greatest obstacle, I would say. I'm going to elaborate a little bit more for myself too, because you did a good job explaining. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit. Yeah. Let's hear a little bit more about that on your side. Okay, so to further discuss, like, those obstacles, um, getting bullied in high school kind of, like, gave me, like, an opportunity to, I think, share with women um, to not stand for being bullied. And I think a lot of us as women, we deal with criticism and things like that. And, you know, I know we talk about this. It's not all men. It's not all women. But there are, from just you know working with females primarily like there are there have been men in their life that have I guess you know done some damage and um I always just like really try to pride myself on like getting yourself out of a bad situation and then with my dad dying I mean he was 47 so that was really um a huge obstacle because I was in school doing exercise like the exercise science sports management so um, that really, like, gave me an eye-opening to, like, wanting to live a healthier life um, and to make the most of it um, because you just don't know how long you're here for. And then um, getting divorced, um, like I said, was a blessing in disguise because at that time, um, that person I was with was very unhealthy. Um, just, 
I, you know, no exercise, no good nutrition, no care to change it. Um, and, you know, uh, like, like smoking those vapes, you know, so I, it really bothered me because, you know, my dad had passed away and it, I, on it, I mean, it was kind of a fluke thing, but he, there was other issues and stuff that could have contributed to poor health. So, um, after being married for a couple of years, I like wanted to like explore that option of starting a family, but I was so freaked out because they didn't care about their health. So, um, I would say, like I said, it was an obstacle because now I'm definitely in a, a much, you know, more positive situation to like impact others, I guess, and live that lifestyle that we preach. 100%. And that's something I do definitely want to expand on for you guys is your interpersonal relationships become sort of like a voice in your head, ultimately. So if you have supportive relationships in your life, you're, you're about as blessed as I can say, you know, you can be because you have people believing in you, wanting to push you forward and, and achieve better in your life. It's it's going to impact how you see yourself. It's going to impact your actions going forward and how much you're really going to chase after, you know, your interpersonal relationships. Like I said, they're huge in terms of, you know, either keeping you stuck where you're at or challenging you to move forward and achieve all the greatness that you deserve. Right. So they always say, show me, what is it? Show me your, show me your friends. I'll show you your future, yeah. that kind of stuff. You know, yeah. that's, that's, you know, those things are definitely true. And, you know, they can, uh, bad, bad relationships and having the wrong people around you, um, you know, can certainly hold you back and create an own ob their own obstacles in and of themselves. And what's sad is even sometimes, it's, it's, you know, it's not not in my sake, thankfully, it can be, you know, even your own family sometimes, people you're supposed to be really close to, create those obstacles and... Um, you know, it's, it's up to, it's up to you to surround yourself with the right people. If you have a direction that you want to take your life. So, you know, you don't want to, you can't let those other people create an, create an obstacle for themselves and, you know, getting the right people around you can certainly help propel you forward. You know, that's, that's something that's very important, um, that I've experienced firsthand as well. Gab, would you say you're an introvert or an extrovert? This is a, this is a, this is an interesting question that we got. I think if I was you answering the question for me, you're gonna tell me I'm extroverted. Potentially, I at, think at times. I think I'm an introverted extrovert. I feel like I'm extroverted when it's necessary, but not all the time. I have to be comfortable to be extroverted. Otherwise, I'm pretty. I would say fairly introverted, and I kind of like keep my energy to myself unless it needs to be exerted and then it totally just it takes you know like when I do like events and things like that it definitely takes all my energy and then I'm introverted for like a week and a half <laughs> yeah, yeah I'd, I'd say I'm kind of the same way in that sense I'm a pretty shy guy most of the time but if I'm in my element like if I'm at a powerlifting meet or working with a client or working or just around like people I'm really close with, I'm very extroverted. Um, but if I'm, you know, on my own, I need my alone time to really recharge my batteries. That's really big to me. But I'm definitely extroverted when it counts, I'd say. But it's mainly, you know, if I'm in my element, if I feel comfortable, if it's something I feel passionate about, I will talk all day. Um, you know, and I'll feel and I'll feel really good about it. But I do need that that downtime to recharge. 
and my batteries in order to, you know, produce in the real world after that because I'm definitely <laughs> introverted art. You know, like I said, unless I'm really in my element. That's kind of how I'd answer that question, you know. Um, what else do we got on the list? What is your spiciest opinion most people disagree with? Yeah, so I got a good one. Sumo deadlift is not cheating. Most, <laughs> if you go on the internet, and it drives me fucking nuts, all right? You know, I'm going to rant for a second on this one because this got me. This gets me fired up. So I'm a competitive powerlifter, as you guys know, know by now, and I pull sumo. Sumo stance is a wide stance deadlift, and it does shorten the range of motion by an inch or two. In the powerlifting in powerlifting circles, this is widely accepted. It's legal in competition. It doesn't change a damn thing, right? <laughs> but in the general fitness world, and especially on Twitter, pe- yeah, people who don't people who don't know what I'm going after or don't know what we're going after. I'll pull 700 pounds and people will be, oh, but it's sumo. It doesn't count. Motherfucker, for what? <laughs> what doesn't count about that? It counts in competition. That's all that matters. I'm a competitive power lifter. So it drives me absolutely nuts seeing that, especially because, let's face it, most of the people commenting that have no idea what they're talking about and they're not going to be able to lift those weights ever. It's not even a controversial opinion to say sumo's cheating. It's an uneducated one. Because... <laughs> If you know sumo deadlift, you know how much technique's involved in that, and you know if you're off an inch, you're off a mile. And strength is a skill. I'll talk about that more, you know, as the podcast episodes goes on, and you'll hear me say a lot, strength is a skill. Sumo deadlift's a skill. Anybody who's able to really push that lift gets their body in the most optimal position to create the most optimal leveraging and lose as much weight as possible. You can't tell me that's cheating. Because not everybody who's going to be good at conventional is going to be good at sumo. It's not like you just put somebody in a wide stance and they add 100 pounds to their deadlift. It does not work that way. I've tried it a million times with clients. It does not work that way. You can make it so you can lift more like with that stance. But yeah, that drives me absolutely nuts. So my controversial and spicy opinion that is not cheating. And if you do say it's cheating, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, you got anything you'd like to add to that? Or you want to share your opinion that most people disagree with. And rant. <laughs> okay, my spiciest opinion I think most people disagree with is when I tell them that I don't like somebody's vibe. I will tell you right away, I don't like the vibe. She's never wrong either. <laughs> and I'm never wrong, ever. Um, I like to definitely, t- I think I'm really awkward when I meet people. And most of the time, it's because I'm just, like, getting, like, catching your vibe and your energy. Because, um, background, I did my master's in the study of, the like, study of psychology of human behavior. So, um, people give, just give themselves away without even speaking. So, usually I'm just kind of, like, analyzing you because I can catch the vibe right away. Like, even if you're speaking to me like you're comfortable your body might be telling me something totally different. Um, and I can just, <laughs> I can just, I, I spend that minute or two right when I meet somebody. And sometimes I'll like, I'll tell my friends, I'll be like, I don't like their vibe. I'm just, I, I don't like it. And they're like, why? They're, they're such a nice person. And I'm like, all right, you let me know in, you know, three to five business days, months, whatever it is. You know, let me know if you still catch that good vibe. Um, 
And not that everybody has, not everyone has a bad vibe, but I just think if it's off, it's, it's off. And I, I sense that, and I don't really like to kind of put my energy towards it either. So sometimes that upsets people because, um, it can come off as closed minded. Um, I'll still talk to you and entertain you, but I just know at the end of the day, I can't trust you or I have no interest, I guess, furthering that relationship. Um, next is, what is a topic that you are passionate about teaching to the world? You want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first here. So after the end of this podcast, it should be pretty obvious. <laughs> um, and if you've been following me for a while, it's pretty obvious. I love teaching people how to get stronger. I love people teaching people how to put on muscle, get leaner, improve their physiques. But most of all, I'm into total self-mastery. I just use lifting weights and fitness as the vehicle to get you there. Um, I don't share a whole lot about mindset or anything like that yet. Uh, that's really what I'm hoping to use this podcasting platform for is to sort of get you know, inside my mind a little bit and help you guys understand the deeper levels of, you know, how training and training and dieting and doing all the right things and creating good habits, how much that impacts your mindset and the mindset you have to have to have success at these things as well. Um, so I'd say like total self mastery and self optimization is what I'm really interested in teaching people. Um, I'm super passionate about that. I went from being a very negative person and my default's negative for the most part. I had to work very hard to be positive and see the bright side of things. Um, and I can really attribute that to the mindset work and being involved in fitness that has really changed that for me in the last decade, I would say. So I'm really, really passionate about teaching that to other people and helping them, you know, just become the overall best version of themselves using fitness as the vehicle for that. So that's kind of like what I'm all about. How about you? I think mine specifically, it, it does go in that realm a little bit. But um, I think life has been really crazy, especially the last like year or two. So I think I've learned a lot about myself and a lot of my clients too are like moms. And they have these crazy lives. Like I think that my life is crazy. And then they have a kid. So... It really just opens those doors of like thinking for myself where what I'm passionate about teaching the world is especially for, I mean, anybody. Um, but if you don't necessarily love working out, then what I would say, um, you know, teaching people would be is changing your habits, changing up your schedule, whatever it has to be, but like creating that life that you love for yourself it, it is what could ultimately actually lead you to if you are looking for weight loss but you don't want to be running on a treadmill so I would say teaching like those alternative healthier habits and constructing those like better lifestyles is something that I would be really you know I am passionate about teaching the world and you don't have to tackle it all at one time I think that's another thing too is someone a lot of people think that they they need to just dive right in. They need to they need to go running. They need to be lifting like crazy. They need to be eating less, which as we know is like not what you should be doing and just kind of taking one piece of that puzzle all the time. You know, like as you're going on is like okay, we're going to start with just walking on a treadmill. You don't need to run. Okay, you want to lift a little bit? Okay, now we're going to add that in your schedule just like slowly transitioning like your habits and creating that 
healthy lifestyle for that ultimate, like, I guess, balance, that would be what I want to teach more of. Because I think there's still a lot of people that struggle with that. All right. Next, next question. Oh, this is a fun one. What rules would you say that you have for our relationship? Be kind no matter what. Um, be honest with each other and lift each other up and support each other. Those are the main rules I live by every single day. Um, and I think that kind of encompasses our relationship. You know, when I live by, when I live by those rules, I get the best results in our relationship. You know, it's just being nice to each other no matter what. Always supporting each other. Encouraging each other to chase after chase after our dreams. Just being honest too. Like if something's not working, you know we got to be honest with each other because you can't live in a you can't live in a false reality either. So, you know those those are like the, the, the integral keys and rules that I follow in our relationship. I'm, I'm curious to hear your side of things on this one, <laughs> but that's those are the ones you know that I'd say I, I follow at least for myself. You know that I that I hope I'm encompassing in my marriage for sure. Okay, rules that I would have for our relationship would be communication, which I think you know this already because we spend a lot of time and energy into that and it's probably the first relationship that I've been in where it was probably highly prioritized. Um, making sure, like, I guess we do a really good job of, like, the balancing act of helping each other out. So, you know, if, if there's an area lacking, like you kind of pick up that slack. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just something that I would say is like really key because it can't just all be on one person. And my last rule, do you know what it's going to be? Do the dishes. Well, no. <laughs> Keep a tidy home. No cheating. No cheating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No cheating. Absolutely not. Gab, do you have any favorite mental health resources you want to share? This is a this is a question we got as well. Yeah. Go ahead and tell go ahead and tell them a little bit about it. Um, favorite mental health resources? I would say it, um I know that there's like really good like if you haven't been to a therapist, that's like always my first like suggestion for my clients. Um I've had my lady now for a little over two years and she's been amazing I see her like once to twice a month and it's virtual so that is always like my go-to resource for mental health but if if you can't afford to do that I definitely would like consider like what do you have to do to kind of like relax yourself um and sometimes I would say like mine's like I don't know like taking more time to do a b or c i know for like a long time a few years ago like i used to take a bath every single day and it was just my perfect way to wind down um what about you yeah so i i really would say however i'm able to relax myself uh, you know as, as a business owner I'm on, I'm on a high all the time there's a lot that goes into it i'm always thinking so i'd say anything i can do to turn my brain off is my favorite mental health resource, you know. I mean, going going to the gym is a mental health resource in a sense for me, but it's also a job. Um, so I'm actually currently looking into other ways, you know. Ultimately, I'd like to have other outlets besides that for myself. 
you know, reading's always one of them, listening to music's always one of them, just going for a walk, anything I can do to turn my brain off and not have my cell phone around me as much as possible, do really well for me, for uh, sort of re restoring, restoring my mental health. Uh, in the summers, you know, I like to go for evening walks, you know, spend a little bit more time outdoors. Besides camping, I will not do that. That's not, that's, <laughs> that hurts my mental health, so I ain't doing that, you know, but, uh, you know, those are, those are, and I always, and I always think, you know, if you're really struggling, going to counseling is a great mental health resource. You know, it helps just to get it out a lot of times and talk and talk through things instead of just kind of letting it all knot up in your head. Um, you want to move on to the next question? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Here's like, the, I think this is the biggest question for you. Yes. Do you work another job? No, I do not work another job. I do get this question a lot as a personal trainer. Um, for some reason, people think personal trainers don't make any money. Um, I think, um, you know, it is it is a passion for me and it's something I love to do. Uh, but it's not just a passion project. I do make, you know, my full-time living. been very fortunate to be, you know, um, in, a, in a position where I'm making a full-time living as a trainer and powerlifting coach and bodybuilding coach doing all those things. So brick squat is my full-time job. It's all I do. Um, for anybody who's out there wondering, I get that question a lot. You know, when I'm training clients, it's like, well, what, what do you do the rest of the day? Like, I, I mean, dude, I'm doing all, I'm doing a lot, you know, I mean, I'm right now I'm pretty much a one man show with the exception of Gab helps me out with our social media. Um, and, you know, provides me with a lot of really awesome ideas, but for all intents and purposes, I'm doing our own, I'm doing our lead gen. I'm writing all the programs, you know, contacting clients, running sessions. I'm doing all that. So it's more than enough to fill a 40 plus some hour week for me. <laughs> um, yeah, luck, but I, again, I'm not complaining. I'm very fortunate to be in this situation. I'm really looking to take this thing to the moon in the next, in the next year or so here. Gab, do you work another job? I do, um, with the exception of the last like six months or so, I've always worked multiple jobs. Um, I actually have really taken a step back on the fitness like coaching. Um, I only have a few in-person people. At one point, I was working a full-time job and was trying to balance 11 clients around that 9 to 5 schedule. Um, and. I no longer do that. That was a little too much for me, but I do, you know, I work that nine to five um, and then I host my classes one to two a week um, and then that kind of keeps it just enough um, and then I have people online. Um, I've really tried to kind of expand the online training world and um, I would say like, I think you kind of like it too. Like I have an app and we've kind of been dabbling in that right now for people. And I, the biggest, um, thing is, is like to make that as sustainable as possible for us to get what we can out to everybody at a more affordable rate. And that's definitely like one day I would love to do that full time. So how did you get into your current position of owning your own business? Yeah, so I got into this position. Um, like I said, I worked in commercial gyms for my first six years out of college. Six years? Almost five years out of My first five years out of college. And I worked in commercial gyms. Ultimately, 
um, around COVID, when COVID hit and the world shut down for those couple months, I did a lot of soul searching and realized I couldn't work for somebody else the rest of my life as a trainer because simply it wasn't going to be profitable for me. I was not in the best financial situation at the time. Um, I was not able to move out or do anything like that because I just simply wasn't able to bring in enough money working at a commercial gym. Most commercial gyms take about 80% of your procession rate, um, which is kind of, you know, that's a lot. And it's a great place to cut your teeth, learn your job, learn your craft, meet a lot of people, practice things, meet, you know, practice situations and not really have to worry about getting clients on your own. But at a certain point, I realized that I had to really take commands and, you know, start, start doing things on my own because that was the only way I was ever going to be profitable as a trainer and be able to do this as a full-time living and I had to do something else to support myself. So 2020, I really went all in on social media, started posting content daily, sharing my journey as a lifter, as a competitor, a little bit more. I had already been sharing a little bit and built up a little bit of a following. So when I started to share information a little bit more people were very receptive to what I had to say um you know I led I always I always knew to lead with value you know intrinsically I understood that I needed to lead with value share as much good information as I could for free and then you know really um you know once I started offering my services full-time things kind of took off from there and um you know now now I'm in the place where I'm able to support myself full support myself and my household with a full-time income um, you know, it really just started from sharing my journey, sharing as much value as I possibly could, not asking for much until I felt ready. And then I had done the groundwork as a trainer and having enough experience to be able to, you know, really ask for things from people. I think a lot of people, you know, try to jump the gun too quickly on that. They'll do one meet and right away they're an online coach. You know what I mean? I waited years before I started, um, you know, asking for those things and asking to help people because I needed to lay the groundwork first. And I think a lot of people try to skip that over. You know, I did. I do in a way feel like I delayed my success by doing that, but I also feel more confident knowing that I have a good base that when things do really take off and go to where I want them to go, I'm going to be ready. You know, as opposed to just jumping in head first and not having an idea of how to actually be a coach in the first place. So, you know, I laid the groundwork in the commercial gyms, went on on my own, and I've been fortunate enough in that, in, to be in this position that I'm in now. So, hopefully, that answers that question a little bit. Um, Gab, how did you get into the position that you're in right now? Okay, so um, getting into the current position of owning Jim Gab was the COVID shutdown. I panicked. <laughs> I was a bartender at the time. I had just finished, I finished school in December and the shutdown happened in like March. So I was actually interviewing for a job to it was going to be a really big job working alongside a nascar team and it would have been in south carolina um, and i would have done a lot of organizational development within that company and i literally did an interview and the state shut down and my connection to that job was a bar guest so it was like I couldn't even really get a hold of them. I think people were scared and my job was dependent on the lawyer that was involved because they, it was a, I was applying and like going to work for this guy's capital. So it was going to be more than just the NASCAR, but I know that was going to be the primary, I think, position, but, um, 
they didn't know what to do financially, so it never really ended up happening because the state shut down. And I what two one or two days after that, they shut the gyms down. Yeah. Yeah, and I I was freaking out. I mean, I love working and I love working out and. The two things I love doing the most were both just stripped away. And I think a lot of people can kind of like feel, you know, and understand that. Um, so I decided that I like went, <laughs> that I went to um, the store. I went to um, like TJ Maxx and Target and got as much equipment as I possibly could find that was minimal. And I had bands, I had dumbbells. I had yoga mats and then I was building, like using a, a chop saw and, and building steps and stairs and I would print out workouts and I would line them up down my driveway and I would just post on Instagram and tell people to show up and work out and I had like tiny speakers and I didn't have anybody pay me to, to start, don't mind Opie. I just told them, like, if they felt compelled to Venmo me, that'd be great. If not, I didn't really care. The whole goal was just to get people working out because I felt bad that nobody had anywhere to go to go work out. So that was really just um, kind of how it started. And then I did online fitness challenges. Um, that way, if you wanted to, and it was home-based, and then... I was at the gym one day buying a bunch of bands because the gym had them available and they asked me who I was buying all of these bands for and it's because I was mailing them out with t-shirts with the fitness program and they said oh well you can just teach your class here um, because that's I was doing them in the metro parks at the time and that's like that's how it got started and I officially, I waited about six months and then I, you know, was like, this is legit, got clients and then was, you know, filed and started the LLC process. But yeah. All right. And then the last questions um, I have for us are where can people learn more about us and where can they support our work? Yeah, so you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Brick Squad. So it's Brick, B-R-Y-K underscore S-Q-U-U-A-A-D-D. <laughs> All right, I'll be the first one that comes up. Just look at Brick and you'll be able to find it. Um, you can also follow our coaching page and our podcast page at Brick Squad Coaching and at, Brick's, at, at Brick Talk Podcast. Um, I also, I mean, I do offer online coaching, in-person training, and I just recently, started a grab-and-go program. Um, I call my, my programs the powertrain method uh, and powertrain programming. You can buy those grab-and-goes. I sell their four-week programs. Um, you can grab those. I have a link. Uh, I'll post up the link in my bio and I'll also make, I'll make another post about it in my story here. You guys can, can grab those up. That's how you can support my work. So sign up for coaching, buy some programs, uh, you know, get jacked and strong. So, and then, you know, follow my pages for more informational content as well. I feel like I need to address Opie here. Mm -hmm. So for anybody listening, and if you hear him, I feel like they, you need to know that he's a husky mix. So all of his little noises, there's just, that's part of it. 
And it's yeah. a huge part of our life. So if we were to do this in a different room in the house, he would be screaming. So <laughs> the little noises is something that it's just, it's part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. The vocal stylings of Opie. Yes. You guys, you guys are used to him for sure. <laughs> Um, learn more about me, um, where you can support me, um, Jim Gab Pro, G-Y-M-G-A-B-P-R-O on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, um, and then I have links in my Instagram that'll take you right to my website, and I'm actually getting ready to release Dump Truck Season 2.0, which is a glute-heavy, um, program. So it's a three lower day, two upper, but it's it's also a grab and go. It's in the app with videos and full access like that, but you don't need a coach because you got everything there for you. Um, and I'm thinking about re-releasing that shirt because it was, it's a good one. And I feel like with um, Dump Truck Daddy and hmm. Quad Mommy yeah. coming, yeah, like those are really big right now. So I think I'm going to, I'm going to re-release that. And um, I also have another fun shirt that I am currently making to come out with that too as like an alternative option. So next week, we're going to interview our first guest, one of our clients who has really transformed since starting with Brick Squad. Yeah, so we'll have, Dev- we'll have Devin Murray coming on the podcast. She's a competitive powerlifter. Um you know, just all around awesome friend to us as well. And, you know, we, re- we want to have her on to share her story and tell you guys just a little bit about how she's really been able to, you know, transform her life through through um, through training, through nutrition and, you know, um, all the success she's had um, in the last couple of years with her personal transformation. So we're happy to have her on next week, chat it up a little bit and share her story with us. So really appreciate you guys listening in. We're eclipsing an hour here on our first podcast um you know glad you guys are coming along for a ride we're excited to bring you guys as much value as we possibly can awesome we're gonna have interviews with our awesome friends clients like i said peers you know people just you know in the industry and you know we hope to bring you guys as much value as we possibly can you know and really are grateful for all your support and coming along on this journey with us episode number one i feel like was a success gab do you have any any other parting shots that you'd like to send out to our listeners no, we did great. Yeah, so really, really enjoyed it. Hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you guys ever have any questions, we're going to have a link to a type form, correct? Yes. That you can submit to us for our weekly podcasts. Um, you know, so I so we're really going to be running the gamut with everything as far as our topics, and we want to include you guys as much as we possibly can. If you have any questions, send them our way. You know, support our support our brand, support our products. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you guys on the other side later.